and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to What's New. I'm Ed Peters. We continue today in Romans chapter 6, moving on to verses 5 through 14. In these verses, Paul continues his discussion of positional sanctification, which he began in the opening verses of this chapter, where he gave us the when and the how of the Christian's death to sin. Now he continues as follows. For you have become a part of Christ, and... So you died with him, so to speak, when he died. And now you share his new life and shall rise as he did. Your old evil desires were nailed to the cross with him. That part of you that loves to sin was crushed and fatally wounded so that your sin-loving body is no longer under sin's control, no longer needs to be a slave to sin. For when you were deadened to sin, you were freed from all of its allure and its power over you. And since your old sin-loving nature died with Christ, we know that you will share his new life. Christ rose from the dead and will never again die. Death no longer has any power over him. He died once for all to end sin's power. But now he lives forever in unbroken fellowship with God. So look upon your old sin nature as dead and unresponsive to sin, and instead be alive to God, alert to him through Jesus Christ our Lord. Do not let sin control your puny body any longer. Do not give in to its sinful desires. Do not let any part of your bodies become tools of wickedness to be used for sinning, but give yourselves completely to God, every part of you, for you are back from death and you want to be tools in the hands of God to be used for his good purposes. Sin need never again be your master, for now you are no longer tied to the law where sin enslaves you, but you are free under God's favor and mercy.
law was given to control the old nature, but as a believer, we have a new nature, and we are now to yield ourselves to God for his purposes. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. Shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? Paul's answer to such an attitude is, perish the thought. There were those among the Roman Christians who evidently wanted loose living. They wanted an excuse to sin. What's the answer? The human answer would be to lay down some rules and laws. That's a very tempting solution. The only thing wrong with it is that it doesn't work in the Christian life. The remedy for libertinism or loose living is never legalism. There is a better way. Paul writes about it in Romans 6. The Christian needs to understand that at a point in time, at the point of salvation, he received a new life, and he died to the old one. It is then a logical absurdity and contradiction to continue living in sin. The Christian has already died with Christ, and nothing is so unresponsive as a corpse. You cannot get a reaction from a corpse because it does not react to any stimuli. When a person yields his life to Christ, a new creation takes place. That new nature delights in producing the fruit of the Spirit. Now, is that too optimistic and too impractical? What does we died to sin, how can we live any longer in it really mean? Chapter 6, verse 2. Paul explains it in the next few verses. Since every Christian has died with Christ and raised with him, then God already considers us on the resurrection side of the grave. We already share Christ's resurrection life. To plan sinning is unthinkable. We are still human in our time-space bodies, and we're still prone to sin, but that shouldn't affect these verses. We need to accept these verses by faith and live the new life. The problem is that we bring feelings into the picture. We don't feel like we possess that new life. Sometimes I need to get up at four in the morning. The alarm goes off. I've had a very late night the night before. I awaken. It doesn't feel like four o'clock. But the sun, moon, stars, and the earth's rotation, the whole time machinery in the heavens says it's four o'clock. The same is true with this great truth of being dead to sin. We may not feel like it, but that isn't the point. The whole machinery of redemption declares that to be a fact. Now, there are some extremes we need to avoid. The one I've already mentioned, namely to keep on sinning much so that much grace may be evident. The other extreme is that the believer can't sin. Sinless perfection is never taught in the Scriptures. We keep the old sinful bent, and Satan and his helpers are always there. Verse 7 then needs some explanation. There Paul writes, because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. That does not mean that the one in Christ is sinless, no. It means that the dead person is no longer answerable for his sin. The debt has been paid. Death cancels all debts. The slate has been wiped clean. The person who has died with Christ is ready to begin the new life with him. 
he is freed from the chains of the past. You are now free to walk in a different path. Although the Christian may sin, the fact is that no longer he must sin, since power is broken. Now, just how does a Christian live? The fact of the matter is that we live in two worlds. That's the paradox. We are dead to sin, but we still live in it. We have Christ's eternity-type life, yet we live in this mortal body. We possess Christ's perfect righteousness, yet we are still sinners. I say we live in two worlds, in the here and now age, but we live in it as though the new age has already come. And that's the paradox. So how do we live in this sinful world? Paul presents two practical points in answer. Number one, in verse 11, Paul writes, Count yourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Victory over sin isn't automatic for the Christian. But victory comes not by trying harder or by pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps. So the first is to count ourselves dead and alive. That word count ourselves is the word consider. This is the same word that Paul in chapter 4 verse 3 used of God when he counted Abraham righteous because of his faith. That word or verb count yourselves is in a tense that means continually. A Christian must continually consider himself dead to sin and alive to Christ. That needs to be our frame of mind. It is a positional fact that we know because God says so. But living in an atmosphere of sin, we need to continually consider ourselves dead. Sin does not anymore have power over us. The second word is in verse 13. And that is, do not offer the parts of your body to sin, but rather offer yourselves to God. Offer the parts of your body to Him as instruments of righteousness. That word offer is the word to present. We are asked to stop offering the parts of our bodies to sin, the eye, the hand, the brain, and we continually offer the parts of our bodies to our Lord. We continually place them at His disposal. It's a moment-by-moment continual presentation or offer. So two words, consider and present, and do so continually. That's the key. Learning to live
blessing reserved, I gave him my soul. He's got total control. I'm learning to be all he wants me to be. Learning to Radio production of Creative Encounters or mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Shafter, California, 93263, USA.